I've been aboard the ship Aberdeen for three months now. This ship was a medium-sized ship with a crew of ten, including myself. Our days consisted of fishing, mending our nets, repairing the ship, and plotting our course. Captain, there's a lifeboat ahead with two people on board. That was Byron, my first mate. I grabbed a pair of binoculars and see for myself. They were on the port side of the ship. I was already at the helm, so I positioned the ship and drew up alongside the boat and dropped the anchor. I greeted the men on boat and asked if they needed passage. They told me their shipping vessel was struck by a freak storm. Also, they were the only survivors and are looking for a way home. Me and Byron locked eyes for a moment. We can see they've just been through something horrendous, so we agree to let these two men on our ship. We welcome the two men on our ship. They seem more scared than hesitant and grateful and happy to be rescued. Traumatic experiences can distort perception, and I'm sure malnutrition. Each of the men grab a bag from under the seat toward the ship. I tell them, you're safe now. Yet they look at me like they're not, like I was going to hurt them, and that it's me that put them through everything. There was something strangely familiar about them. Each man had a rag wrapped around their face, so I couldn't tell who they were, but I knew one thing. They were starving. <clears throat> Lily, got a copy? Go ahead, Captain. Take care of our new friends, please. A meal and a room. Copy that, Captain. She leads them to the kitchen, serves them dinner, and guides them to a room so they can rest. The other seven crew members went back to work, splitting off into groups, talking amongst themselves. Once the wind had started to pick up, I could hear the sails flapping. We were on our way to the coordinates for the dive in the morning. Back to business, I told myself. Raise the anchor. There was a pirate ship sunk 300 years ago near these portraits. We wanted to recover as much as we can. Diving on a daily basis found us many opportunities to find artifacts that the sea had been hiding. As part of the ocean, there has been many disappearances. However, I don't buy into that, and these are the reasons we have found so many treasures on this journey already. Multiple ships have been said to have gold that was being transported hundreds of years ago when they met their fate. Dusk is approaching soon. We drop anchor to prevent us from drifting off to part of the coordinates so we can get some well-needed shut-eye. I headed to my quarters and opened the squeaky door. I heard thunder cracking in the distance. I hope the storm misses us, I thought to myself. I close the door and lie down in bed, staring at my way. I've been married four years. I was picturing what she was doing at this moment as I started to doze off. My eyes opened wide. I jumped out of bed, opened and slammed the door shut, attempting to get to the main deck as quickly as possible. I arrived to the deck just in time to see Jenny, the laundry girl, and two other staff members getting sucked into the air 
with what looked like a twin water spouts. I hear a crunch as one of the crew members slammed into the crow's nest. I looked up and I seen what looked like a large storm that looked similar to a creature with a typhoon for its body and water spouts for arm with a large eye on top of the typhoon body. Lightning pulsed like a Tesla coil all through its core. I grabbed my radio and I tried to call Byron. I didn't get a response. We were getting sucked into the typhoon's body. Wind knocked me off my feet. The boat was rocking back and forth like a metronome. To be safe, I stayed on all fours. I crawled to the helm to try to regain some of the dominance over the ship. The helm, spinning like a wheel of fortune, was out of control. I grab it and I fight to take control. I got my hands positioned on the wheel and I'm still holding it as lightning strikes the mast. The top half of the pole falls to the deck of the ship. I know now that we aren't going to be able to get home on this ship. If we were able to get home at all. I hear shrieking so loud I felt tinnitus in my ears developing. This was the creature speaking, but I couldn't make out what it was saying. It was too loud. Captain, copy. Byron, the cabin is flooded. Prep the lifeboat and get the bags ready. Over. Lily's screaming voice chilled me to the bone. I glanced over my shoulder to see her being lifted by a water spout. Her arms and legs were torn off as lightning strike bolted down and finished her off. Her guts and intestines fell to the deck with a splat. The boat steadied out a bit and the wind dies down. I see Byron prepping for the lifeboat. I shout out, I think we're in the eye. Ironically, I looked up from the midsection of the storm creature. I seen a large eye looking down at me. Two days ago, me and Byron found a mythical trunk of gold coins supposedly cursed. The legend states that the gold is in your possession. A storm creature called Typhoon Evil Eye will come after you to keep the gold in the sea using any means necessary. This can't be real. There's no such thing as a curse, but seeing is believing. The legend also says this beast only comes out at night and disappears at dusk, and it's almost morning. The ship is taken on water, and I don't know if it's going to hold much longer. I need to check for survivors. The beating on our ship has stopped since we entered the eye. Checking every room quickly, I search for survivors. I find nobody. The two strangers are gone as well. All of the windows in the rooms are shattered. The water level of the cabin is up to my shoulders and rising. We need to go. I go back to the main deck. A vivid wind wall flows around us on all sides and one large eye in the sky, just watching. Out of the reach from the wind gusts and the lightning arms, the eye felt somewhat comforting in an eerie way. The ship started to turn sideways with air bubbles floating to the surface being replaced by ocean water. I had gotten tossed in the water about 30 feet from Byron, who was already in the lifeboat. I didn't make it this far to be pulled under the water with the ship, I thought to myself. I began swimming to get some distance between the lifeboat and myself. Byron throws a life ring reducing 30 feet to 15. Swimming full throttle, I reach the ring and he pulls me to the lifeboat. 
He grabs me and pulls me in. I hit the floor with a bump. Did you grab the bags, I ask? He points to two large stuffed bags underneath the seat. It's all right here. Good job, Byron, I say. I hear a loud creaking of the ship as it's being pulled underneath the water. Why evil why I stopped attacking us, I can't be certain, but I'm not complaining. Dawn begins to break, and I see the typhoon starting to deteriorate. I hear a eerie sound of a sonic blast so loud that I practically traveling through me moments before the typhoon began to dissipate. The wind wall started to rise back into the sky, and in an instant, it was gone. The realism of being stranded at sea was starting to soak in, as I could see farther in the distance. Now I wish I would have brought a loaf of bread and some water on the lifeboat. Me and Byron haven't spoke a word. There was nothing to say. We might as well jump overboard and end our suffering. I think we're going to die. The sun has been shining bright and it's hot. I've never been so thirsty and hungry as I am at this moment right now. Byron throws me a rag. He has one wrapped around his face. I grab it and tie it around my face to prevent from getting sunburned. It's been three days and we're out of food and water. My energy, or let's just say, there's nothing left. My hope of surviving has already died. Evil Eye never did come back. Maybe you figured we were good as dead anyway. I close my eyes. Maybe I'll wake up. Maybe I won't. But one thing I learned is that anything is possible. Maybe it's all the crazy UFO people out there with aluminum foil hats. Maybe they really did get abducted. Is it possible they're living in the real world and we're just the ones stuck in a fantasy? I hear a horn in the distance. Me and Byron lock eyes, shaking our heads in agreement and take a deep breath of relief. I felt a glimmer of hope. The ship pulled up and on the side of Red Aberdeen. A man that could easily be my twin greeted us and asked if we needed passage. I said, yeah, our fishing vessel was struck by a freak storm. We're the only survivors and we're looking for a way home. Me and Byron look at each other objectively. They welcome us aboard. They each grab a bag from under the seat. The man says, you're safe now. Then I realized that he was me and I was him. Thank you for listening. Please leave a rating.